0: John chapter 3 and verse 16, we all know this one, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let's pray this morning. Dear God, we come before you, and we're just so thankful that we have the opportunity uh, to come together and to worship you and, and to praise your name this morning. God, that we can open up your word and learn from it, and that we can have fellowship with one another while we do this. God, I just thank you so much for the wonderful blessings that you give to us each and every day of our lives. God, each day that you give to us is a blessing and help us to look for those blessings each and every day. God, I pray that you'll be with us as we open up your word this morning, that what your word says to us, that we'll take it and apply it to our lives. But not only that, God, but to bring it out to a lost and dying world that desperately needs to hear about you. God, help us to be unashamed of your word and When the time arises for us to tell somebody of the hope that we have within us, God, that we'll have the answers to say and that we'll have the boldness to spread your word. I thank you so much for your son, Jesus, who makes all this possible. God, through him, we have the hope of one day living with you forever and ever, and I'm just incredibly grateful for that. I don't understand why you love us so much. and As your word says, while we were still sinners, you sent Jesus to die for us. But God, I thank you so much that you love us each and every day of our lives. I pray all us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last year, I spoke on Valentine's Day too. And I kind of did the same thing, but I'm changing it up this year. For God so loved you and I. Right? Last year I had us put our name there. For God so loved Levi that he gave his son to die that whoever believes on Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Put your name there today. For God so loved you. Make it personal. In our world today, we have defaced and devalued what love is. We don't know what love is today. Not only in our personal lives, but all those things that are outside of our lives and all around us. The divorce rate is out the roof. The amount of broken and torn apart homes are just ridiculous. All because we have lost the meaning of love. Nowadays in America, marriage is just an option, right? And if we do get married, then we can just get a divorce just as easy. We fall in love. We fall out of love. We try to make things work or it's just too hard. We find somebody else. We find somebody better. We have all these things in our world today that mess up our minds and block us from the true definition of what love is. So the question this morning that I want to ask you, and I want you to take a second to think about it, what is love? What is love? Is there a specific meaning for love? Is it something that's personal for us that we can think of? What is love? Now, I grew up in the church, and most of you know that. And I was always told that love, right? Jesus showed the greatest example of love. That's what I was always told growing up. In life and in marriage and in the workplace and all around, Jesus is the greatest example of how we are to love people, love each other, uh, love our spouse. But I never really got it. Jesus wasn't married. Jesus didn't have the same job that I do. Jesus didn't do the same things that I did. You know, how is it the same thing? Until I thought about this, and I want to ask you the same question. In your mind, what would be one word that describes love perfectly? One word that describes love perfectly. I think the greatest one that I could think of is sacrifice. Love takes sacrifice. And I think that word sacrifice perfectly embodies the word love because you can't have one without the other. And when I thought of love in that way, of being sacrificial, it changed my view. But what does sacrifice have to do with my marriage or my dating life or my work life or whatever else you can think of? And me and Brent were texting back and forth this week. Uh, he was down in Tennessee and he asked me how the sermon was coming along. And I told him, you know, kind of where I was going. He goes, man, if I only had the, the perfect verse for that. I said, look, if John chapter 3 and verse 16 don't do it, I don't know what will. But I tell you what's a little bit better is First John chapter three sixteen. If you will, turn there real fast, John chapter 3 and verse 16. Like I said, if John three 16 isn't enough to convince you, this will. This is some good stuff right here. First John chapter 3 and verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Sacrifice. Both verses talk about it. Maybe not uh, specifically saying the word sacrifice, but that's what he's talking about. God sacrificed His own Son for you and me, right? That's what John chapter three and verse sixteen is saying to us. First John chapter three sixteen says, "Hey, look, Jesus gave His life up for us, so you do the same for your brothers." Sacrifice. They may be thinking this morning. I'm not going to say rightfully so, but you may think of somebody, man, I, would, I wouldn't even dare to die for that person. They are the lowest of low, the scum of the earth, right? It's that bubble gum that's stuck on the bottom of your shoe and you're sitting there trying to get it off. That's that person. And I'm up here. I wouldn't die for that person. That's not what sacrifice is. You don't choose sacrifice. You're either all in Or you're all out. Plain and simple. And so today, the question that I want to ask you, again, I'm full of questions this morning. Jesus done proved His love for you. And if you don't think so, see me afterward, because we'll have a day-long conversation on how Jesus proved His love for you. Because if somebody laying down their life for you who technically is the bubble gum on the bottom of your shoe, right? Jesus laying down His life for you so that you can live with Him forever and ever. If that isn't love, I don't know what is. And if I can't convince you that this morning, I'm sorry, but you're lost. Jesus proved His love for you. But have we proved our love for Jesus? Jesus. Jesus gave everything. What are we giving Him? An hour on Sunday morning? Two hours if we're lucky? Three? If we meet together every time these doors are opened here at North Broadway, we got four hours a week. There's 160-something other hours left. What are we doing? Oh, yeah, Jesus, when, when, when I became a Christian, I gave everything to Jesus but yet we're here four hours a week and we don't do anything else when we go home. Right? We come here and we act like a Christian. But when we go home, right, it's what I want to do. You didn't sacrifice anything. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You didn't. You did not give your all to Jesus. There's a song that we sing, right, I Surrender All. I changed it. I don't like it. I sing I Surrender Some. Right? Jesus, I will give you little. I surrender some. Because that's how we live our lives as Christians. In the church today, we don't know what sacrifice is. But yet, somehow, we come together and and we're supposed to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us each and every Sunday, but we don't know what sacrifice is in our own lives. Because we don't practice it. And we expect that one day we're going to walk up to those pearly gates And see Jesus, He's going, hey, come on in, man. You went to church four hours a week. You did good. You took communion every Sunday. You did great. Come on in. Now. Now. Each and every day of our lives has to be a living sacrifice for Jesus. Another question I want to ask you this morning. When you accepted Jesus, when you did those steps to salvation, like He asked, What did you give up? What did you surrender? Oh, Jesus, I surrendered everything to you. But, no. Nope. Don't work that way. Maybe you did surrender everything to Jesus, and I'm not doubting that. Maybe the first five years of your Christian walk was absolutely perfect. And praise God for that but maybe somewhere along the line, you fell into your old ways. And all those things that you surrendered to Jesus, you started taking back. All those things that you sacrificed for Jesus, all those people that you had to sacrifice so that your walk with Jesus could be better, all those things that you had to sacrifice so that you can draw closer to Jesus, you started taking back into your life. Or maybe you didn't drop them at all. You, I guarantee you, when I said that, you thought of some things. And are you still doing those things today? Have we truly sacrificed stuff for Jesus? Only you can answer that question. You know, Jesus when He was on that cross, He could have called thousands upon thousands of angels to come and take Him off that cross. Right? He had the power to do it. But you know what kept Jesus on that cross? It wasn't three nails holding Him up there. It was His love for you and me. And He did that knowing that we would betray Him. That we would just straight up spit in His face at some point. Or that we wouldn't accept Him at all. That we wouldn't give up everything, but He gave up everything for us. That is what love is. That no matter the circumstances, you still love somebody. That's what Jesus did for us. He knew He knew what you would do to Him. He knew that you wouldn't follow Him like you should have. But yet, He still died for each and every one of us. Romans says that. Right? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's some good news right there. When we needed Jesus the most, he died for us. But yet we live our lives doing what we want to do. I think a lot of times we forget how much love it took for him to do that. Don't we? Am I wrong? Like I said, you know, we come here an hour on Sunday, four hours at the most. Whoop to do. That's nothing. Are we calling each other during the week, encouraging one another? Are we building each other up? Are we telling people about Jesus? Are we? truth is probably not a couple weeks ago i had the opportunity to go down to holmes hill to visit uh, my mom and dad and um, tommy asked me to preach that sunday and uh, faith she went down there with me and i told her i was like man if they asked me to preach on sunday i said it's gonna be interesting she goes, why is that i said oh and so i told her my whole thing she goes, you better be careful she said i don't like making people upset and i said I'm not here to make people upset. I'm just here to change lives. <laughs> and so I told them straight up. I said, you know, we we beat home, Mark sixteen sixteen, Acts 2, 38, 1 Peter three twenty one. We can say those frontward, backwards, slant lays, five different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic. We can say all those things, but yet we neglect, and we don't even know what Matthew chapter uh, sixteen and verse fifteen says, do we? probably not where it says to go and tell the world about jesus i said we should just get rid of those verses get rid of first peter 321 get rid of acts chapter 238 because it's useless if we're not following the whole bible we shouldn't be following the right right if we're just going to pick and choose right we're going to tell people acts 238 stuff like that and the look on people's faces when i said just take those verses out of the bible oh my goodness We can't do that. That's salvation. That's how we're saved. But yet we forget the Great Commission. We do. And I told him straight up. I said, you know, in ten years, if we do not do something right, this is at Holmes Hill, if we don't do something right, doors are going to be locked, closed forever. All because we neglected to do our part of the Great Commission we neglected to show our love for God. Right? He says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Right? Jesus commanded us to go into all the world. Do a little bit of math here. If we don't do His commandments, do we truly love God? Jesus said, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Me. Like I said, if we love God, we'll keep His commandments. That sounds like a command to me. So if we're not taking up our cross daily and following Him, apparently we don't love God. Like I said, I'm not here to sugarcoat it this morning. I'm not here to make people happy. I'm here to change some lives. All out of love. Because I want to walk into those pearly gates one day with you guys by my side. And I don't want God to tell me, you know what, Levi, you could have told that person something a little different and encouraged them a little bit, but you didn't. It'd be bad. So this morning, the thing that I want you to think about is how much Jesus loved us I can't even begin to imagine. Why would He die for me? Why would He sacrifice His own life for me? The bubble gum on the bottom of His shoe. But He did. And I'm beyond grateful for that. But then ask ourselves this morning, what are we sacrificing for Jesus? Everything? If not everything, then what? If we haven't completely given our lives to Jesus, what are we doing? Playing church? Playing being a Christian? Like I said this morning, if you're in that boat, and i found myself in that boat time and time again, I'm not better than you are. By by a long shot. This morning, if you're in that boat right now to where you can think of things like, hey, this is getting in the way between me and Jesus. I'm not sacrificing everything. We're going to fix that. Today. Before it's too late. And this morning, if we haven't accepted Jesus already, and we haven't uh, given up our lives for Jesus, if we haven't sacrificed our life for Jesus, we're going to fix that today too. We've got a, a baptistry right here. filled it up in 30 minutes. We'll talk to you why it's filling up. Some good stuff. We're going to change our life today. Are we? Probably not. <laughs> go home tonight, take a nap, and forget everything I said. If we are not sacrificing everything we have for Jesus, then what are we doing? If we're not having uncomfort- uncomfortable conversations with our co-workers about Jesus, if we're not giving up our time because somebody needs help, if we're not giving up our time because the church is meeting here, What are we doing? We're dead. We're helpless. I want to encourage you this week to think about some things that, hey, you know what? This is getting in the way between me and Jesus. I'm not sacrificing everything that I have for Jesus. I encourage you this week to find that and to fix it. Get your relationship with Jesus right. We don't know when He's coming back. And we don't know when we're going to kick the bucket. Better than safe than sorry, right? I want to encourage you this morning. Give up those things that come between you and Him. Sacrifice all that you have for Jesus. I was talking on Wednesday night a while back. I prayed this, this prayer a couple months ago. It was nothing special, but boy, was it powerful. I asked God, I said, God, if there's anything that comes in between me and you, get rid of it. If it's not from you, get rid of it. I don't want it. I just want you. Whew. Boy, did my life change. The relationships I thought were from him disappeared. The people I thought were from him disappeared. And all you have left is you and him. And it's great. Nothing in between us. If we can sacrifice all that we have for Jesus. Like I said, he done proved his love for us. He sacrificed everything that he had for us, his own life. Right? Jesus sacrificed his life for us because he knew that we weren't worthy enough to do it for our own. So what are you doing for Jesus? We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. If you're a Christian and you need to get your life right with God, we're going to fix that today, right? Or if you're outside of the body of Christ, we're going to fix that today too. There's nothing better than being able to walk side by side with Jesus. Nothing in between you and Him. It's great. And there's nothing better than having each other to encourage each other along the way.